hello, hello, hello. It's been a little bit of a hiatus we've had here, but we are finally back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are going to be discussing Wheel of Time, episode three of the first season, A Place of Safety, written by the Clarkson Twins, directed by Wayne Yip. I've seen his name very frequently in a lot of things. He does an amazing job. Uh, he, he was in Misfits a lot. I remember that. Utopia, he did some episodes. Not the new version, the old version. He did some episodes of Preacher, Imposters, Hunters. And apparently he's going to be working on the new Lord of the Rings series, which I'm meh. I won't knock it till I try it. But at the same time, I don't recall asking for it. <laughs> but I really enjoyed the directing in this episode. I thought it was well-paced, well-written, and I am really excited to get into the fourth episode, which will be dropping sometime today or tomorrow, just depending on how quickly I'm able to get some other related podcasts out that are currently due. So with that all out the way, let's go ahead and jump into the recap. We pick up with Nynaeve, I believe that's how you say her name, being dragged by her hair. I am curious why the Trolloc took her versus killed everyone else, and she wasn't one of the four Moraine was protecting, and the fact that we got a reference later on in this episode to a fifth person, intriguing. Trollocs seem to care for each other as it attends to a wounded companion, then mercilessly kills and eats him. Oh my god! I was not expecting that to happen. I thought he was really trying to help his one-armed homeboy out. <laughs> and he just like, let me eat you and rip out your ends like, what the fuck? Homegirl books it because Lord knows what he got planned for her if that's what he did to his comrade. She makes her way to the spa where she was before and hides in the water. The Trolloc senses she's in there, but she is able to sneak up behind him, grab his sword, and kill his ass. When she emerged all victorious and ripped them braids back, I was in love. Never mind, I was already, you know, prone to love Nynaeve but I'm glad to see that she pretty much earns all of the praise coming her way <laughs> presently she has that blade to Lon as she wants to know where her friends are but he is surprised she found him and that Moraine has fought the powers against the dark one to help her friends and she didn't leave them he did he tries to tell her she wouldn't kill him after she has no desire to help Moraine, but she attempts um, to kill him. And he's like, I can't believe you just tried to kill me. <laughs> and bites him for his insolence until he knocks her out. Rand does that thing in all movies or TV shows where you scream in people's names like they wouldn't have heard you the first time in this rocky ass echoing mountain. Matt points out that this could attract more attention from foes and friends alike, so let's just go home. He's like, I don't know what part of not going home. Like, when you left home, why didn't you think that you were not returning? 
I thought it was clear when you left that going back there or being there is a problem. Rand says he's going to the White Tower because that's where the meetup spot was and no one's going home without danger of following. And we had this very pointed conversation last episode. Matt was the one to get Rand out of his funk, but he was keen to forget this episode. Matt eventually follows as Rand has determined home is wherever his four friends are. Well, three, because one seems to be on the fence. They must be going east, and Egwene and Perrin were going west. Wolves are following Perrin and Egwene. I was thinking Perrin should know they are eat since they uh, licked his wound and shit, but apparently they're still wolves, and he don't know what that means. They find a little bit of shelter, try to start a fire desperately, which is eventually successful. It is unclear if Perrin got it to work or if Egwene channeled something. He even asked her, like, if that was uh, you or me. And if it was you, can you give me some food and water too? Because we, we need that. <laughs> I like their friendship. I could have watched Perrin and Egwene more than I could have watched Rand and Egwene. I felt that these two characters were so much more, had so much more potential apart than together. And I don't dislike the couple. I just want to know who they are outside of their relationship. She thinks that Rand has probably gone back home with Matt if they did escape, but Perrin knows Rand and he will go wherever he thinks that she will. Apparently Perrin is a better friend than Matt is. Nynaeve is tied to a tree, also gagged. Lon gives her water and asks if she is ready to help, thinking she isn't in a position of power. But she assures she best give her some answers if she does help her, or she will feel my wrath. He watches her gather herbs and bark and tells him to ask what's on his mind, which is how she tracked him. She said, you can ask, but I didn't say I would answer. This girl is on fire! Now, of course, I have not read these books, so I have no idea who's a thing, who's not a thing. I don't know, but I like the chemistry between these two characters. It's hilarious. He watches her as she makes her potion, and it is interesting, you know, seeing someone at work creating medicine to heal. And it's naive that points out that there is a bond between the Aes Sedai and their warder. It's strong to the point that they feel what the other is feeling. She says, if that's true, brace yourself. This shit about to hurt. Heron is having a nightmare that he's back in his old residence. Creepy dark one in the window and shit. And that transformation transformation scene was a chef's kiss of Heron walking through his home looking for Layla that is being eaten by a wolf. Boy. I very much appreciate the darker aspects of this show thus far it's not harry potter and I, i'm not saying that to disparage harry potter you know it gradually gets darker as he gets older but we're starting at a place where the world has light and it has dark and you're going to see that it's not going to be hidden from you where you have to do guesswork on what the obstacles are that they're against or the dark forces that they're against and i like that the wolves chase them through bramble and forest until they stop 
and i was thinking are they guiding them because it seemed like they stopped as soon as they got through the forest and Pan had been woken from that dream matt and ran make it out the mountains to a village where a corpse is strung up as a warning with arrows sticking out of it it's very common in olden day times they used to do with pirates all the time they head into the tavern slash inn and matt did not like being told he can't drink as they have only enough for food there also hasn't been any newcomers except the gleeman who sings his song and expects payment even from those without they just order some soup that dude bumping into people was clearly a thief gleeman stole matt's purse back from said thief then kept it paid for his meal with his own purse <laughs> and there's nothing to be done about this expensive life lesson Perrin and Egwene find deep wagon marks heading east towards the white tower and it is she who realizes the wolves led them here as they are keeping a close watch but not attacking every time I see Perrin I just want to hug him myself when she gave him that hug and he didn't even hug back and he had that single tear I was like oh my god protect him with my life back at the inn is she making the soup that they <laughs> i love seeing rand's face because they just ate it and then they're watching how it's actually being made oh, ew, what the fuck? matt thought his charms were good enough to get them some charity and she says well if you need a free bed i suggest you sleep on this kitchen floor rand is more reasonable and wishes something cheap not free or they can work for it and she says we'll save your coin because i will not turn down free labor and tells them to chop this wood instead matt has hard eyes for the sass and Rand points out he likes them older but matt says i will make an exception Rand offers to take turns and matt wonders if she'll go for that really nigga that's what i mean by that adult humor <laughs> because <laughs> i was laughing so hard he's like on chopping the wood fool not on riding the train on a barmaid matt is an ass though thinking it's all shite despite the evidence to the contrary tells Rand his girl and friend are dead and even if they weren't you don't have to do this for her because she wouldn't do it for you kiss my entire ass what i did appreciate was that there wasn't no juvenile pushing or a fight that broke like Rand takes the words like okay you're in a place you're being an ass i'll do this myself <laughs> it wasn't made to be and, and you you kind of expect that too if people have been friends for so long they're gonna cross the line they're gonna say something that's gonna piss you off and if you truly do love that person and, and you might be mad at them but you're just like yeah i'm not clearly you're in a fucked up place right now i don't even blame you we've been through some fucked up things you could be depressive you really don't mean that you're just saying it because this is who you are and who i've accepted you to be but you gotta get out of my face right now matt is that loser that simply ain't made for this world in any sense that isn't involving his pretty looks which he does bestow on the barmaid when he goes back in the tavern who puts him to work serving beer despite him promoting himself as a well-off horse trader she said look we got a horse trader with no horses <laughs> like shut the fuck up serve them people they beer 
I'm used to drinking. You're used to wanting a life that you are not in. I like her words though. Um, I think she really was speaking to him in a sense. She's been doing this since she was a girl. She's born in this town. Everyone knows everything about her. There's no escape. She says most people here are burnt, born in the dirt and covered with it when they're dead. And that's their life. The idea of escaping to a place and redefining who you are is a dream little can afford. He says having or that he has people that rely on him and intends to return home despite it taking hundreds of tips for the ferryman to row him there. I do really like Matt. I feel as if he's a little lost. He is definitely envious. You know, because Rand made that offhand comment. You know, we got robbed. No, you got robbed. <laughs> Rand's got this really nice coat on. He's got this tiny little, you know, what he can afford. There is a little bit of resentment there on the station in life. You know, you have this woman who loves you and they, they, they seem to have a little bit more going on. You know, you had Perrin who was married. You had... Uh, Ran who had a Gwaine. Uh, what's the other one's name? Did, am I missing somebody? Who am I missing? Matt, Gwaine, Perrin, and yeah, Ran. Yeah, so you, you really had him as the odd man out. And he was kind of the, the poor, you know, drama, a little bit of the stain of the village. But he, he really wants to escape that despite the fact that he's going back home to it because at least that's familiar um Moraine isn't healing fast enough and Lon after sensing something leaves Nynaeve in her care before riding off she's like don't be so sure that I will not I will take care of her and what about watching my every move don't leave me out here by myself <laughs> what a sick ass woman Egwene I like the way he did that horse. I don't know why that was sexy, but it did. He just looked at her. <laughs> and I was like, um, I would totally give it to you, Elon. Egwene and Perrin continue to follow the tracks with Perrin wanting to go ahead and make sure it's safe. They're coming back to get her, but she assures him they go together or not at all. And that it was not his fault what happened to Layla hugging him. He had that single tear coming down. It's too much for me. And I wonder if people do know what actually happened to Layla. Because I'm sure, like, oh, the Trollocs, they came. But it could be just a moment, <laughs> matter of, oh, yeah, we're bringing out Layla. And she's got a huge axe in her. But he just says it was his fault. He doesn't go into detail. I'm just curious um, how much they know about what happened. And it, it wasn't. You know, it was an accident. It's a fucked up accident, but an accident nonetheless. And it seems as if he is struggling with something going on with him. I'm curious to learn more. They are confronted by a group of gypsies. I think they call themselves something else. The top. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Something with a T. They are welcomed into their caravan after confirming that they do not know the song. Don't know what song you're talking about. They repeat it and then they are brought to their camp where they're given warm blankets as well as food. Isla and her husband explain they are the traveling people, which basically means gypsies. The, is it Sun? Arun? Aram? Aram? 
Aram? I don't know. I didn't I didn't remember that. But they uh, he explains that people think that they are, you know, children kidnappers, thieves. Aram asks if they know of the Tinkers. Nope. I was like, boy, settle down. You are welcome as long as you need it. Aram's like, yeah, y'all look like y'all need it. And then they very comically dig into their food. <laughs> I was being real cordial until you said, just eat. You down for that. Rand is still chopping wood enough for a year. Dana gives him a real roof over his head as they earned it. And the two drink after she confirms that Rand and Matt aren't together together. Uh, y'all can be as loud as y'all want to in here uh no and if i was after a man i could do better lon finds what he is looking for scouting ahead and moraine can ride for a few hours due to the poultice she was whispering sion who's that matt is considering stealing from the because he saw something very shiny on the dead man despite this being the crime that got his man this man killed the Gleeman shows up and knows that he is from Two Rivers, says he can smell it on him, or see it on him, and intends to get the man down. He asks what he's doing here. He's like, oh, nothing. He explains that this man is an IL, or ale, me and pronunciations, and that his murder wasn't justice. He knows them to be honor-bound fighters, unlike the Trollocs. Only when the man covers his face is he a threat, thus he was murdered by the cowards not understanding anything about them. They rarely show their red, reddish hair. He allows Matt to steal from the dead man while he turns his back, because he says people are desperate sometimes, and apparently that's you right now, but tells him that he should help bury the man if you're going to steal from him. Matt does feel chastised about his actions. But he's desperate to get back to his sisters. Dana and Ran are having a tete where she imagines all the places she could be, but is stuck with her choices. She comes on to him and immediately the tide changes when she locked that door. I was like, oh, she's like, I, I came on too strong. I shouldn't have braided my hair like hers. Egwene, like how the fuck you know? <laughs> Quickly, she overpowers him. And holds him at sword point, his sword to be exact. And tells him, look, you're going to have to wait for Matt. Because or we'll be waiting for Matt. Just sit down on the bed. Because you ain't getting out that fucking door. She clearly feels bad about betraying him. Because she's like, I didn't expect you to be so nice. But I got to do what I got to do. Matt and the Glee men are burying the dead man. And he introduces himself as Tom Marilyn. Gives Matt back his money. And tells him you better not find him in a cage. Rand is able to break down the door. Showing he got some type of power. And they are chased by Dana. Who I really liked. And still empathize with. Even if she has turned evil. Because when she corners them. She explains the wheel of time is spinning. Out the worst shit. <laughs> and we have to deal with the fact that. Some of us don't get to be better off. And there's been this romanticism, which usually happens from the darker side, that the dragon isn't something or someone that the dark one wants to hurt, but wants to 
bring to his side because he will help alleviate the pain and the suffering because there's a, this idea that i guess he's gonna fix the world i don't know i don't know about this dragon we're still learning about him tom then throws a knife into her neck oh no he didn't i knew he was gonna see tom again i just didn't expect it to be shaking <sighs> my girl i do love her i like the the casting choice that they made with her um matt after realizing the shit runs deep <laughs> as she has called an eyeless to the fade decides maybe east is a good idea Rand definitely felt more empathy for dana and she did mention that all five of them have been in her dreams and apparently there are some people who are just bound or they they're i don't know they serve the dark lord whatever you want to call it they don't know about Nynaeve, so is she a possible dragon contender? Or why is, if they're all the dragon, clearly all five of them, like why is everyone dreaming about all five of them if there's only one dragon? Could it possibly be all five of them and that still needs to be determined? Or is all five of them a problem anyway, even if only one of them is the dragon? We end with Moraine coming face to face, Moraine and company, coming to a, a crossroads with the red cloaked witches moraine and the head woman are familiar to each other they believe they have captured the dragon reborn and we see it's that guy from the uh was it first or second episode i think it's the first episode they didn't kill him they just captured him i don't know what any of this means i just know i need to find out more <laughs> that's how we left this particular episode i'm glad episode four is out and i don't have to wait a whole week so well done on uh on episode three and we do have some feedback so let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is my feedback for The Will of Time, Season 1, Episode 3. Um, I will do like a little overview of all, like mainly the characters from just how I feel since I wasn't able to get feedback for um, Episodes um, 1 and 2. But when this, um, when I first started watching Episode 1, I don't know why I got these like vibes. Like I thought like it was like cursed. I don't know if you remember that garbage show we were watching i started to feel like is this gonna be like that not that it was gonna be necessarily bad but i was just like as it started to unfold i was starting to feel that way and then when it got into episode two and it started with the black dude wearing all white eating i think it was the person's tongue i don't know that scene was gross and i wasn't his his dialogue ain't make no sense and i was like okay whatever but it made me think of the they i think they were red they were called red what red robes or something something weird like that and these people are called white coats but now that i'm in episode three i'm think i still get the curse vibe but i was like this is what i thought like how good this show is that's how i thought the curse was gonna be curse absolutely 
utterly disappointed me, <laughs> especially since we have been watching Merlin and I thought it was going to be kind of like that, but this is so much better. I remember when those trollops showed up, I had my mouth all the way open like, what the fuck are those? Like, I, I knew that that was that cynical, like, I, <laughs> I called it Voldemort because that's what he looked like, the faceless pale thing with the black hood. I'm like, is that Voldemort? Is that what this is about? <laughs> But I didn't, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention, but I didn't realize those were trollops, like troll, demon, whatever things behind them. Like I didn't even put that together. But then when they showed up and they just started murdering every, that poor guy who had the, what was it? The axe or whatever thrown through his body. That was awful. I was like, Jesus, what a way to die. They were murdering the shit out of them. But I, I was so impressed. Like the when they started fighting back like it took like seven of them to kill one but they didn't cower or nothing they were like at least they were fighters like that's one thing I've always said like I feel like like I know when people like if, if you're up against someone you're like that's bigger than you and they're stronger and like they might have a gun and you might not like you you're probably gonna die but I said I always feel like I would rather die fighting than just lay down and let you kill me or take me away and do whatever you plan on doing like no this is not about to be easy i'm gonna give you a little something you're not just about to you're not about to murk me and i felt like the town went like look all we got are these pitchforks but somebody about to catch one of these in the eye we gonna get at least one of them and i was impressed and the whole time moran was talking like i always got the vibe that i was like i guess in my mind i was always thinking because they were looking for a guy but they're all women I was like it's probably gonna be a dude and at first I thought she was looking for Ewan is that Ewan is that her name um I forget how to say it but the girl the one that Rand's in love with I was like oh okay so she must be the dragon but then when she took all four of them I was shook I was like oh wow now my theory is it's gonna be Rand and I think it's gonna be Rand because first of all Gwen is gonna be super super jealous because I think Moran told her that she was gonna be the dragon so she already in her mind think that think she is <laughs> um but she's gonna be fucking salty and I don't know I know she has some type of power but I think it's gonna come out and be bitter and just a side note like I know you said you're over them I wish he wouldn't get like gave in to her and held her hand but to me when Gwen picked you know that life um, she was gonna be the apprentice over like okay he accepted it but I like I know you don't do love stories and stuff like that Christina so I don't think it, it it clicked to you but when he acted the way that he did like when she'd like turn on him and say like called him a bastard and started yelling at him I feel like she was salty it's like I don't do second place like if you picked so-and-so and then that didn't work out and then you come back to me like bitch you better get out of my face like that's how I feel like she did like granted the black girl that was dragged off by the trollop she thinks she's dead I get that but you did make a choice and just because your choice didn't pan out doesn't mean you can come back and snuggle next to me like that shit ain't happened I let you go you're gone so stay that way like I feel like <laughs> she, he had every right to be treating her that way like just because now I'm here and your first choice is gone like you want your runner up no Okay, to me, it's like if you have two jobs lined up and you pick a better one and all of a sudden that other job tells you you they, they don't need you anymore. 
<laughs> and you go back to you try to go to the other job you can't be mad that they were like well i replaced you because you turned us down no bitch that's not how it works you can't just well i did have a backup so i'm just gonna go back to the backup no don't snuggle next to me you better go sleep in that cave with the rest of everybody else um the bad thing was gross as hell when when Rand pulled that out of his mouth um and then when he got separated like i swear when he took that knife um i thought it was gonna show up again but maybe i mean maybe he put it back because we really honestly didn't see it anywhere like he when he got his stuff stolen his money i'm talking about matt i'm sorry i forgot to say his name when matt got his money stolen wouldn't he have had the the knife on him too did that thief steal the knife and his money or did he put the knife back like where is it at because he was talking about i need money couldn't couldn't he have sold that because it had jewels on it i don't know matt is a hot mess <laughs> he really i gotta get back to my sisters i understand that but you you can't be a hustler and lazy either you willing to do what you need to do to make money or you want to be a bomb like you can't i i i just don't understand people like that it's like you will steal and, and cheat and lie but you're too lazy to actually try to do something that might get you a little bit of something like <laughs> i don't know his whole reason i gotta get back to my sisters i don't believe that that's what it is like i'm not saying that he don't care about them but he's lazy as hell it gotta be something else i don't know um but this episode like just solidified this episode three how much i fucking love this show like i cannot wait to jump to episode four because it took a whole ass left turn from what i what i expected i love shows that can keep me on my toes like i freaking love it so much <laughs> um like we see like that they're in this town and then you know he uh ran it's like okay you got your money stolen now we i have enough money to get us somewhere to stay but we don't have enough so she he offers to cut you know help clean up the bar or whatever she has some chopping wood and like i could tell like first she was flirting with matt and i thought she was gonna go with that and i was like oh i hope she joins them i like her like can matt convince her to leave or not matt can Rand convince her to leave like the town maybe she'll follow them oh it'd be nice to have it'll be two girls and then Gwen can be all jealous that another girl got moon eyes for her man this will be fun and exciting because i think i'm not saying that she don't care about Rand, but i i feel like she just expects him to be there and i don't like i don't like women like that and for her like the way she like yelled at him like he's not wrong for questioning like the timing like granted she believes moran and i can i maybe they have some type of like magical connection that she can feel that she's telling the truth and i understand that but i'm a suspicious person by nature and i wouldn't just leave my entire like i understand you're telling me that these trollops are following us but how do i know you're telling the truth they learned that if they when they left they followed him but they didn't know that when they were leaving that she was telling the truth there was no way for them they were like literally just going off her word bitch how do we know you ain't send these here so you can lure us away for whatever sadistic thing i don't know you and for him to be like okay i want you to tell me exactly what it is and then we're men what are we gonna do there that power is only for women all of that shit is legit a real question that he has the right to know and i think for moran like she, she probably doesn't get questioned especially by men like so she doesn't feel like she has any obligation to tell them that so i'm sure she told Gwen, but she didn't tell the guys and i don't think that that's fair her to to get mad at them because they're questioning her like those are legit reasons for somebody to want to know like how do i know you're not leading me to my death 
how do I know you didn't lure these these trollops here we ain't never had anything like this come here until you came they clearly didn't even know that magic like that existed or evil like that existed so Rand wasn't wrong and then for her to snap at him and get mad after he treated you because you thought you could just you know all of a sudden be up in his butthole again and, and things would be fine because you you're probably so used to him always being there and it seems like she everybody knows that he's in love with her but it doesn't seem like the feelings mutual nobody in the town even um Perrin when he was telling they got chased by those wolves and he was like he's gonna go east because he'll he'll go wherever you go and that in itself is the problem like you are used to him being around you all the time so in my mind when this new girl I forget what her the barmaid she was really pretty too so I'm really salty that she turned out to be evil and got a knife through her throat but when when she showed up and she seemed to show more interest in Rand I was like oh great this will be awesome like I, I know normally you don't like love triangles but I like it when it's like this because if you if if you're dragging a guy along and someone else comes it, may, it forces you to make a decision and I'm always for a love story I know you don't care about stuff like that Christina but I do it makes it makes it interesting you know will they won't they things and I was all about them when they were in that bar supposedly supposed to be cleaning up and they in there having sex like I was like okay I can get with this couple I don't know that I'm rooting for them now but we'll see um definitely didn't get that extra girl that I wanted um I did like the introduction of the glee what do they call him a gleeman <laughs> so they call the singers back then and that song he was singing had me in my feels I was like is he singing about himself this is this is sad as hell and he's clearly because she said I don't know if, if um I hope you wrote it down so you, I can get the exact quote but that the black girl the barmaid I forget what she said her name was but when she said I've dreamed of you all five of you and I'm like is she talking about Moran but now I'm thinking she's talking about this the Gleeman I don't know it just for some reason that five stuck out with me like it's only four of them there's a fifth one I don't know and I don't think it's the dra the person calling themselves a dragon at the end of the episode is really because he looked like he's in his 40s didn't she say the dragon was in their 20s or just 20 he looks too old to be the dragon I don't know um but I am glad the black girl is the back I feel I feel like I want to call her N Navia that's not it. it it starts with an N but I can't think of it um, and when she said she tracked him, I want to know, I don't know why, but I know, or I shouldn't say it like that. I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like she tracked him from the win. Because like, they remember when they told, or when Moran told Ewen that the wind talks to her instead of, you know, her hearing the wind, like, or something like that. I feel like that's what it was she was tracking him because like how she go from the two rivers to wherever they are and was able to just track him she must you know maybe because he's a man and the, like a specific kind maybe the wind would remember and be able to tell her I don't know but she really thought it was him like what'd you do with my kids I'm gonna need you to give them back <laughs> and and it's strange that she won she didn't ask just about Gwen she asked for all of them like where are they that was interesting too like because she had already been taken how did she know that if she didn't go back to the town the wind must have told her some stuff and i'm very interested to find that out um 
I don't know if there's anything else, but I've already gone over 10 minutes. So I will, if I forgot something, I'll just, I'll just send it to you in the, like, in a, like offline. So end it here until next time. Love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was our lovely queen Mimi on her thoughts on the episode itself in the season thus far. Some really great uh, commentary. (laughs) I always knocks on my door. You told me it did not bother you. So what you think knocking is different? (laughs) But some, some really good insights as stated. They're called the white cloaks. Those are the men in the white. I don't know what the red women are called. And yes, Cursed was trash. That show was so terrible. I think that Shy is the only one that actually finished it. And that eyeless dude did look like uh, Voldemort. He really did. Look like Voldemort. Didn't put that together. Made Harry Potter references this episode, and I didn't even put that one on there. And don't worry about the names, girl. They are difficult to say and recall, and I fuck them up all the time. Um, back to the Rand and Egwene. Yeah, I'm not. I don't always love seeing the the love drama play out, but that was a fair enough explanation on the events that were occurring. As I stated in this episode, I don't dislike them. They were just introduced as a couple and not people, and that's always just gonna cause me a little upset or a little less interest. I don't know why that is. Again. As you pointed out, that's just a me preference. I do like seeing them separated, though. I I like them a lot more because I'm not immersed in the drama. Uh, what else did I have written down here? I didn't see the knife drop, but it's possible he could have dropped it. I am referring to Matt and that knife. But I feel like he's the type of person that if he did have valuables on him like that like something he took that he really shouldn't like he stole that versus it being his own money that was stolen i don't know maybe he'd have it somewhere up his ass or something (laughs) and it is just a knife but yeah he could have sold that but it is kind of like the way in which he was eyeing that one person's jewel you know it's like i want this i covet it however would he have used that to get back home and then, as you pointed out, why wouldn't he have sold the knife instead? So, good question. Don't have an answer for you. Uh, Matt does feel like he will fuck his way into work versus work his way into work. And I think that's his journey. I didn't think Moraine indicated Egwene was the dragon. I thought she just indicated, look, you have power. You're able to channel the light. And that's all she told her. I may have missed something. But I didn't get the same indication that um, that she had informed Egwene that she was somehow the chosen one. I don't think that that's, if anything, it feels as if the women are more the channelers and it's one of the men. It's got to be one of the men. Uh, I don't think it's Perrin. I'm right with you. I think it is Rand. That makes all the more sense to me. <laughs> Justin, I mean, they've been some pretty strapping looking males all to be uh, the protagonists. But I do think that they're showing different, like Matt, clearly not. (laughs) I'm sorry. He just doesn't seem as if he would even be close to being the dragon. 
thing that parent with this wolves thing going on even though it does seem to be having a lot of dreams with the dark one it could possibly be parent but i don't mm, i feel like it's rant uh i'm not with triangles but if it's done well it's fine but the the thing is none of them none of them are done too well if you can do it well and you actually like all three people <laughs> in said triangle those are my favorite if i can deal with all three people in the triangle and i like them then i can watch a triangle if any of those triangles are, are disproportionate like two out of three that i don't like or can't really um see it from their perspective then yeah i can't watch it i, I do think that the 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 people from two rivers know something they may not know their history all the way back to its inference but even when you know he said this is an il or whatever the case may be with matt he's, he knew what that was they knew what trollic was everyone uses terminology like bless the light or something so i think that they're very much aware but they may not know all of the reasons why like things they've heard about but never actually saw manifest before them so i think that while they're, they they definitely i agree are on newer pastures i don't think they're oblivious to the idea that this existed it's just more like holy shit it's existed and it's right here and it's coming after me <laughs> um last but not least very good point about Nynaeve. Uh she does listen to the wind and that probably is how she tracked him down but we know from what moraine said that the wind is the light just like in the water you could hear something that was guiding her i think that she is on a i think she's more powerful Egwene because she seems to be way more and Egwene was going to be the apprentice so i think they both have this gift which is why i surmise that she was the fifth one because they're around the same age but not quite and yes i'm with you that guy that the red cloaks captured does not look like he's in the age gap of who the dragon reborn should be but i think that moraine knows him which is uh intriguing maybe he's that sian person she was whispering about is there a love story with that i thought to be quite frank she was love storying up with lon when he got in that bathtub but apparently they relationship just close, close like that i don't know maybe they did have a sexual i don't know but i'm with you on i can't wait for the next episode and last and certainly not least we do have feedback from shy so let's hear what she has to say hey christina it's me shy i am back to give my feedback for the will of time episode three i took some time away went to see family and got a little bit behind even though i'm already behind so even further behind i guess is the best way to say it um on shows um but i was able to watch episode two and three today and so i wanted to go ahead and give feedback because i know you were said you say you're planning on doing that um i'm thinking today um but just in case just want to make sure i got something in i uh, listened to your podcast for episode two um after i watched episode two and i must say i agree on a couple of things um but i will say one thing i didn't mind too much 
the slower pace of um, episode two um, or the show and you know building to what we're gonna have happen, whatever that may be. <laughs> um, the one, uh, the Dragon Reborn, however, that's what the lady said at the end of three. But anyway, um, so yeah, I would, I, I personally didn't mind the slower pace as we build up to whatever is happening, ex- the exposition that's needed to really um, hone in on these characters and what they're about and all of that stuff because we don't I don't know these characters from Adam so uh, it's nice to get a little bit of that uh, before things get crazy I will say that I unfortunately agree with you that they seem to be building ran up to be the one which is kind of um, typical I'm hoping that we're both wrong and that it's not him because it just seems so predictable um, for him to be it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Um, you know, sometimes people, writers, they write, uh, you know, they write who they empathize or relate to the most. So I don't know. Um, but that's what it just appears to me the way it's seems to be unfolding at this point um I don't think it's Eggwing um because that seems to be the logical choice as well because all the women are the powerful ones and stuff like that so um for her to be it would you know seem to fall in line with that so I so I don't think it's her as well I I don't think I don't think it's her so I don't know I mean I'm hoping to be wrong because, you know, I would love for it to be some type of a twist. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think they were going there, but we'll see. Um, as for, and I also agree with you with the Rand Eggwing thing. That was definitely getting on my nerves. The brooding and the just being, I mean, they're young. So they're, what, they're in their early 20s. So I get it. But, you know, I get, I guess I'm at the age where that I don't find that stuff cute. <laughs> so um it's just it was just aggravating me and it seemed to just drag out so it's like it just whatever I, I so I was in agree with I was in agreement with you on that fold as well so as for this episode I liked um the progression of um where things went I like the fact that they split up and so we're not getting this group all together doing whatever so we got two um Eggwing and Perrin going one way we got Matt and um Rand going another and then we have Lane Lan is that you said how you pronounce the name Lan and Morgan and pleasantly surprised um Nynaeve so I'm very excited because I was like you know, I was thinking that she was, they're going to convert her or turn her somehow, but I'm glad that she escaped and we got to see how that happened. Didn't make any sense why that one trollic dragged her out um, just to go check on another trollic and then murder the trollic. Like, what? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he sensed something in her and was going to bring her to the the eyeless one, but then got distracted, uh, I guess. So I'm glad she got away and tracked them to where she ended up with uh, uh, Lon. 
I guess that's how you say his name, and um, we're gone. Um, I will say I was sensing some um, chemistry between her and Lon, but you know, obviously we know she can't be with a dude. At least that's the understanding. So, but I was still peeping out. I thought I was feeling it. I was, yeah, I was feeling it. So. Um, but like I said, I like that they all went on different trajectories as far as their um, stories. So it wasn't the same old, same old. Um, Matt and Rand, they went to this town and bumped into, I, I guess, what ended up being a dark friend. I guess that's what the guy said. So I'm curious to who, I forget the name of the guy. So I didn't actually didn't write notes on this one. Um, but the new guy um, that the singer um i'm curious about him he seems to be all up in the business and so uh, showing up at the right place at the right time so i'm very curious as to who he really is because something tells me obviously there's more to him than what we're seeing then we have the girl who was uh hmm. so i'm thinking she's able to read their minds or see into you know read their thoughts or something like that um because that's the only thing i can think of as to how she knows it's like a telepath or something um some type of power um i think i mean they keep saying the one which i guess one would be the the main one but it seems like they all have their particular set of skills powers um for Perrin, he seems to be able to uh the animals are drawn to him at least the wolves are and then we have uh Edwin who is you know the wind master of the wind and now we see that Ran, he's extraordinary strength. Um, he's able to um, do that. Not quite sure. I guess, you know, Matt is more of the, the, the slick one, I guess. He's able to pickpocket, take things. I don't know. I mean, I <clears throat> don't think they really showed his specialty other than that. But I don't know if that what kind of power that would be <laughs> and how that would convert into a power so it's very interesting um to see how this is all going to develop and how they're going to meet up again so i'm very excited about that i just think that you know them especially matt um talking about wanting to go home i'm like even if you don't believe her completely um you did see what happened and why would you take the chance in case what she says is true i know it's tough and being away from home is not what they wanted but you left initially because a part of you believe what she was saying so I, it just didn't make sense for them to for him to all of a sudden want to go back to home i mean i get you missing your family especially your sisters but you going back could put them in danger. And to me, you know, as the protective brother, that should be first and foremost in your mind, especially when um, Perrin was talking about how all the village is going to rally to make sure the girls were safe and they were taken care of. So that should have eased his mind a bit. And again, why would you take that chance to go back, you know, just to... Um, just in case what she's saying is true, which 
again, they're chasing you everywhere. So you would think that a part of you believes what she was saying. But whatever. I heard the, who was it that was saying, yeah, the girl, the dark friend, whatever they called her. Um, she was talking about there's five. So I'm very curious if Nynaeve is part of that group, even though Morgan, um didn't initially think she was. Um, Cause that one guy that they had in the, the cage, he's much older than the others, the other four. So I don't know how they, if they know the age that they're supposed to be, why they would think he's one. So that'd be interesting to find out. Anyway, I better go, I'm at my limit. So um, I hope you had a great holiday and yeah. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and black or magic, queen of the couch, shine. That was Queen Nene with her thoughts on the episode. I'm glad you're enjoying it as well. I hope you also had a good weekend, some relaxation. Don't blame you there. Uh, I, when I do the Jones Chronicles, I'm be talking about <laughs> the holiday in itself when I eventually get around to that podcast, but yeah, I, mine was pretty much derailed by a lot of obligations, so. Um, why is Rand the typical choice? I'm just curious. I thought it was nice to see a redhead protagonist. He's not blue-eyed, blonde hair, or dark-eyed, and, and or dark-haired, and, and blue-eyed, or purple, or whatever color. He seemed like the um, antithesis of the typical protagonist, so I'm just curious on why you thought he was a typical choice. Is it just because he's a man and he's white? <laughs> um, but I can't, I guess I could see it over like, say, Perrin. Like we're not putting him even in the contender zone. <laughs> so yeah, it could be someone that surprises us. But I think that we started with these four people for a reason. I do agree the split up was great because it does allow for different interactions and relationships to build I think that now that you bring it up and I'm going back to the naive being the fifth one and then going back to Dana's words of how she was intending on delivering the boys not killing them if she is one of the five then he probably that Charlie probably was intending on bringing her to his master but then kind of just coincidentally it didn't look like he was seeking that guy out. It looked like he was just dragging her. And then all of a sudden he came across his friend one up with a real arm. And he's like, yeah, let me end your suffering <laughs> in the most brutal way. But that's my only guess on why. And I just came up with that idea of why he probably didn't kill her. The dark one reminds me of Saruman. If you've watched Lord of the Rings. Where he can influence his disciples through their dreams. And I think that this is what he's doing with the Dana character and probably other people we will meet along the journey that might be compromised and long serving like they're they're in this small little tiny part of the world but they don't realize that there are other people out there with different ideas and beliefs and really might be more deeply involved in this uh, whole world dragon thing than even they are um yeah the fact that that guy Tom was like I can see the two rivers on you it some indication that this particular group of people this particular tribe there's something special about being born into them or in this community 
that uh, there's something special or a little bit more to you. And they seem to have turned it in and made it to in their own image by this wisdom. That's basically what one would call the the shaman, the wit, whatever in whatever mythology you want to put it in. They, they, there is a hierarchy, but it does start at the the light. So I'm curious to see how they build out the world a little bit more. And that is our final thoughts for this episode. Uh, I will be recording in order. Nine Perfect Strangers, Episode 7, and then I will do Clickbait, Episode 1. Technically, at Episode 4 of Wheel of Time on Friday, which is yesterday, so technically I should be jumping on that. But I'm going to deviate and actually jump into The Flash, um, and then I'll pop back over to Wheel of Time, and then Preacher. So that's my my recording schedule. And then if I have time, I will do the Jones Chronicles this week. If not, I will do it next week. So hopefully uh, we can get all this. I mean, I have a luckily I have a free night today. My child's going to spend the night over grandma's. I'm like, thank fucking God. Oh, you're just too much near me right now. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> But if you want to send feedback for our next episode or any of the other shows that we're doing, blackercouch.gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, blacker magic.